Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Leftovers Podcast with Derek Kramer. I'm going to say a stupid thing right now. Pudding. Where's my money? Frank R. Curry. I didn't say run through a wall. Do it again? Okay. And Kyle Powell. The Sabres were actually in a playoff spot for the entire year. On WGR550.com. Welcome into another episode of Left Rose Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And Alex Nylander Altelius. Also known as Kyle Powell. And yes, he is referencing the, the real fake names of Alex Nylander that we tried to come up with. And the real long name of William Nylander that is real. All too real. All too real and six names long. Could you imagine having a name that's six names long? No. Do, like, each of your different group of friends call you by a different name? I think they'd have the right to. It'd be kind of fun. Different settings. You could be Michael, you could be William, you could be Junior. You could be all Tellius. That's the one that's got you, isn't it? Yeah. It's like having six different aliases. It is. And and then you're the son of Michael Nylander, so you're Nylander. Like, us, us regular folk have to get by with three. Yes. Maybe maybe we shouldn't have to. Seems a bit unfair. It does. Just a bit unfair, right? Frank's you just want it at, to be that way. Frank's just looking at us like this hypothetical like, scenario is not fun. Do we all have middle Why? names? Yes. Yes. What? What's your middle name? It's uh, Richard. Get out. He is so full of it. Frank, yeah. I'm going to turn to you. No, no, it, it is actually Richard. I just said Richard. Derek Richard Kramer? Yeah. Okay. Look, man, just because my name can be shortened to dick doesn't mean that you have to be a dick. We were all thinking it. I just didn't want to say it, but thank you for, Shut thank up, you you dick. for saying it. Shut up, dick. <laughs> middle dick. Get it right. Frank, what are you working with in the middle of your name? Nicholas. Nicholas. So there's Franklin a Nick and Nicholas. a dick. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Welcome to peak off season. <laughs> All right, Kyle, you brought it up. What did I bring up? No. You want my middle name right yes. now? Yes. It is Andrew. I was hoping it would rhyme with Nick and Dick. I know, right? <laughs> Come on. That would have been just the greatest thing ever. But what does rhyme with Nick and Dick? Rick. Rick is Dick. Dick yeah, but it could, could, it could be more specific with that. Um, Hashik. If your middle name was Hashik, I probably would have just shaken your hand and called it a day. Would have been cool, yeah. huh? Yeah, it would have been cool. Kyle Hashik Powell. Junior, I'll tell you. <laughs> See? We're coming up with these names again. All right, we are still in the station here. This train has not left. Not left. No, it hasn't. We're kind of just sitting, farting around before even getting on the train right now. The reason I mentioned Hasha because I feel like a good place to start would have been a fun discussion of what happened on WGR last night. The post that went out that got a lot of discussion on it. 
as, as the late night discussion posts have been going on our Twitter feed the last two three weeks or so. And last night first was off, first off before sure. we get into the discussion, tip of the cap. We're all wearing one, gentlemen. Tip of the cap to the person putting up those late night discussions. Frank did not tip his cap. He's and I'm the middle dick. Louis DiBiase, the WB and overnight producer is putting up these late-night discussions, probably because he's bored on the overnight. Uh, but to yeah. his credit, they are fantastic discussion points. So credit to the kid, Louie, who, by the way, is going to be the new co-host of Breakfast with the Bills alongside me once the season gets started again. So so Louie's going to go ahead and uh, have to back off the Eagles thing on a Sunday to start it off. That's going to be challenging for him. The true test. The true test yeah. of his medal. So, Louie comes up with discussion last night. Yes, it was, a, uh, it was a healthy, fruitful discussion of you have the option of bringing back one Sabre and one Bills legend to play alongside the current teams. Who would you pick? And unanimously, almost, most of the responses on the first tweet were, were – Dominic Hasek, Buffalo Sabres, and Jim Kelly for the Buffalo Bills. So then Lou saw most of these responses and narrowed the playing field and said, all right. Which was smart. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the likes of Gilbert Perot, Ryan Miller, Pat LaFontaine, and Dominic Hasek were off limits for the Sabres. Fair. And the Bills, I can't recall other than Jim it was Kelly. Kelly, Bruce, Thurman, Probably Andre Reed And Andre, yes. Most of the 90s bills. So then I think after that, a lot of the choices went down to a lot of Chris Drury's, Danny Briere's, a couple Jokers saying Ryan O'Reilly, Billy Leno. You always get them on Twitter. And then uh, Eric Moulds. Eric Moulds was probably That's the next most one. popular one because he was one of the most underrated receivers in Bill's history. Yeah. I thought the discussion really Considering because he's the second best statistically in a lot of categories in Bill's history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to pose that question to you guys, and the legends are still on limits for you. I'm not going to limit you guys. I'm I don't not going to take them. For the sake of the discussion, I won't take them. I'm wondering where you guys stand because I wasn't here for those legend years of the 90s Bills and the mid-2000s Sabres. I don't have as much of a say on who I'd want back. I have ideas from knowing the history of the teams, but I wanted to get your guys' take on who you would bring back. Now, the most popular answer um, with the Sabres, one of the most popular answers being Pat LaFontaine. Um, obviously speaking to the need of the Sabres needing another center. And that's not an easy thing. But That's I would, why a lot of the answers have been Breer and Drury. Breer and Drury are the follow-ups there, also because they were elite players in their own right. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not taking a center here. Because this player was too awesome and a top certified gunner, even in his day, Alex Mogilny. I knew you were going to say that. Alex Mogilny, one of the faster skaters in his time, one of the greatest shots. It would easily translate to this game. The Not defector. a problem. And yeah. you get another certified gunner for your top six. I like that. That's a really good answer. I, I would have loved to have Alex Mogilny on this team. That would be fantastic. Also, I play a lot of NHL 94, and Alex Mogilny and LaFontaine tend to do most of my damage. See, I didn't take that into consideration. When you started <laughs> on to your um, description of the player, you, I thought you were going to go with a Thomas Vanek or maybe a guy like Tim Connolly. Technically, they could still actually get Thomas Vanek in they real life. They technically could. 
But I, inter- interesting to hear McGillany. Tim Connolly actually is one that would be interesting because he does have a lot of issues with injuries, even in his peak. But in that peak, he was a fantastic player. And he did things with the puck that you can only dream about. And I, I, have, a, I have a group of friends that I played college ball with that are so high on Tim Connolly. They watched As him they when they been. were kids. Until Peter Schaefer took out pretty much what was his Sabres career, he was looking like one of the most dangerous players in a group and a core that was young and upcoming. Yeah, those guys like Everyone are... was talking about Vanek, but a lot of times, like Pominville scores the historic call. and But Tim Connolly was one of those guys in those run-and-gun games with the Ottawa Senators. He was putting up the points so that they could keep up. And have those moments. Yeah, I have I have a couple of the buddies seven that to six the, game, the hugest vouchers for Tim Connolly with the yeah. the softest hands and the oh one of the God. biggest Buffalo what could have been if health yes. didn't get in the way. Precisely, and that's all it was was just bad luck with injuries. And you could have had one of the best centers for a fairly decent amount of time there. Mm-hmm. But what yeah, I'm I'm going Alex Mogilny though because that that man he was healthy. He was fast. He could shoot. I'll take a talented Russian like that. What about you, Franklin Nicholas? <laughs> well, I, McGillany was the first one that came to mind as well, but to go with somebody else, he is a – Oh, Hollywood, turn your phone off. <laughs> he is a center, and he was part of said trade to bring in McGillany's center, Pierre Turgeon. Nice. Hmm. He didn't play here in Buffalo a long time. He was drafted first overall in 87. And he was traded in 91. Dealt for? For LaFontaine. LaFontaine. Part of a huge package deal. But when he was here, he had his, his first year in Buffalo, I believe he had like 40-something points. I was just looking at the stats. And then the, ne- and then the next two years was 88 points and then 106. So by year three, he was a he was a hundred point player. All right. And by year two, he was a point of game player. All right. Yeah, that's that's a solid two C, or even one C, and let Jack just feast on lesser lines. Sure. <laughs> Can you lose there? No. Fifty eight goals, seventy four assists in nineteen ninety two ninety three with the Islanders. That is disgusting. Yeah. So, I the fact that he doesn't get talked about a lot as being one of the best Sabres ever, just because it wasn't here for a long time. Kind of irks me because, I mean, he may have been traded for LaFontaine, but imagine him and McGillney together. That would have been just as sick. Scary thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That would have been a fantastic sort of thing to have. And, again, those are guys, though, that – he was in a different era, but they played with as much skill yeah. that you could see nowadays. All right. Bill's and side. Bill's side. Frank, I'm, I'm going to let you go first so I don't accidentally take your your top candidate. I mean, I have plenty Eric of Moulds is a really good pick. Man. Actually, it's, why don't we ask Kyle what he would have thought yeah, about what's the Sabres? Yeah, what's yours? 
What's yours? Let's let's go in order here. Who you want me? Yeah, for a saber to bring back. Yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, I, that's right, because he wasn't. He's not really. Well, I mean, he didn't I really I, grow up a Bills or Sabers fan. Well, I kind of have a foot in both doors of Danny Briere. Yeah, I that's did watch fair. the postseason Briere mm-hmm. growing yeah. up in the Philadelphia area. Yes, I think that did. would be cool. A cool guy to bring back. Mm-hmm. He was never shy when the limelight was there. He was a big time star player in, in the, the biggest moments. In the biggest moments. Yeah, I think that would be a cool guy to bring back. And yeah, just an all around good guy. I mean, nobody yeah. says a bad thing about Danny. Nobody Briere. says a bad thing about him. Nobody does. A couple of his kids. Are in development camps, I believe yeah. now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just hockey runs through the blood of that family. And yeah, if they're any, if they're anything like their father was on the ice, I think that would be a cool sentiment. They'll get something out of it, yeah, yeah, because they're pro- kind of pretty much in that same situation, you know, not very highly touted, and gonna have to work for everything. Mm-hmm. And that was what Breer was. Guy was traded straight up for Chris Gratton. You want to talk about prove it kind of thing, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, you go from one organization to another, and you were just traded for the likes of Chris Gratton, not necessarily a, you know, household trade. But he goes ahead and becomes one of the rising stars of the NHL with Buffalo. Yeah, you wonder what could have been. July 1st, 07, correct? The fateful day of Drury yeah, and Briere. that's not. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and because they lost both of those, they had to sign that offer sheet for Thomas Vanek. Unfortunate circumstance, but... I mean, don't get me wrong, a 40-goal scorer, you want to keep him anyway. But Vanek probably doesn't get poached and put up on a $7 million-plus per season contract. The envelope was absolutely pushed right there. It was pushed because Buffalo was wounded. They made that predatory offer because what are the Sabres going to do? Let a third star player walk away? No. And if they do, oh, hey, we got Thomas Vanek. But I, don't, I think that offer sheet doesn't even happen if one or both are retained. I agree. The Sabres can then just put a qualifying offer, put a more team-friendly contract on with Vanek, and then Vanek doesn't have to be the guy for years and years and years what, for, with what was an underwhelming and or disappointing core. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, yeah, we went with a, with a dark moment of Sabres history right there. But we can rekindle a nicer part of Bill's history. We we bought Frank here a couple of minutes. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Where do you stand now if you're bringing back a former Bill? I've been. Th- I'm not going to judge you if you take the easier answer on that with Eric Moulds. No, because he I was go- so dynamic. Yeah. Well, it's. I have another idea. Carlton Bailey. Carlton Bailey. An outside another linebacker. For that linebacking core. You went with Bailey? You had to pick someone. Tally? Bennett? Yeah, uh, yeah I forgot Conlin? About well, Christ. I, would you, well, would you, you care? You weren't going to judge him. Would you? I'm going to judge me, him for that. Well, the first, I said I wouldn't judge him okay. for taking molds. I thought of Tally first, but I wasn't sure if we were going to include him in, in the Legends part. No, no, no. There were only four players that were not selectable. Okay. Bruce Thurman, Kelly, then, and Then Reed. it would have... Well, I figured I always figured Tally was a part of that too, but okay, fine. You backpedaling like you, Henry Jones, who would also be a fairly decent player to bring back. Okay. <laughs> All right, stop. All right. Tally. Thank you. Okay. At least at least make it. 
I was surprised with Carlton Bailey. Well, there. like I say, he was the first guy that came to mind after him. Dude, London Fletcher would have been a better pick at linebacker. Yeah, I forgot oh, about man. him. Oh, man. We want to talk about an underrated player there. I forgot about him. Yeah. I will tally, tally. All right. I mean, I'll I think about that. that. Jermaine that. Edmonds, Matt Milano, Daryl Talley. <laughs> On your defense. Heck, you can move Edmonds to the outside. Yeah. Put Fletcher in the middle. <laughs> Got problems. A lot of problems. Or you could put Biscuit on the outside. Ooh. Yeah. Because you see, the advantage of me being older is that I really – You actually like, remember I grew, these. I grew up watching those players. Like, yeah. Like a little kid. Yeah. Idolizing a lot of the linebackers. As a matter of fact, going through high school, I ended up playing linebacker because of players like Conlon and Talley. Yeah. And Bryce Pop And Chris Spielman had a short coffee – cup of coffee with the Bills. Like, there's players there. So yeah. many linebackers. So many linebackers you could choose from. So I was a little, I was like, that's, that's why, why I, I said, that's like, kind he was of why the first guy the that offensive. came to mind after Tally for some yeah. reason. Because I remember, I don't remember those See, teams. He was Spikes, Jeff Posey. I remember the Spikes Fletcher Posey group. And Jeff Posey was an underrated part of that group. Uh, Arthur Motes developed through the Bills. Man, I love linebackers. Uh, that That's something I guess. Uh, the public now knows is yeah i like me some linebackers there josh stamer became an nfl starter through the bills didn't do much after but that was a name i'm throwing some names out here yeah Let's you go, are son. all right then what's your yeah judging mcjudge judging mcjudge yeah. i have a two-part answer for this if the bills did not bring in the likes of Mitch Morse to be the center, I would say Kent Hull. Yeah, that's a good one. To have a guy to steady the offensive line like that, Kent Hall was one of the best centers to play, not just for the Bills organization, but in all of football. Eric Wood very capably carried that torch as a longtime Bills center. But Kent Hall was probably one of the best to ever do it especially for those 90s bills. But for me, I was a little torn on this one. And then you got me on the offensive. So I kind of got a little distracted. But what you look at with the bills, with what their needs are, and you generally would say wide receiver, tight end. The bills have never really had a tight end. No. Uh, <laughs> Jay Reimersman would be a waste of a pick, I would honestly say. <laughs> Because that's the best tight end I think the Bills have had in a long time. And that's not very much of doing justice in terms of what you want. Pete Metzelar is probably the best one that the Bills have ever had in its history. I would say, like again, Eric Moulds is a fantastic pick. It's a fantastic pick. But based on the schoolyard style that sometimes is displayed by Josh Allen, wouldn't you think it would make the most sense to have Stevie Johnson here? Oh, a guy that had an improvisational style of route running and almost like a head nod kind of chemistry with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's a that's another good one, because if you get someone that runs routes in kind of an unpredictable way against cornerbacks, why do you think Darrell Rivas always had problems with him? Yeah. The only thing is, is that Stevie Johnson didn't have as spectacular of a career one because his quarterback was Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah but two not playing within structure sometimes means you can falter 
But having a guy like Josh Allen who can then figure out where you're going to be just based on a head nod, mm-hmm. all he's got to do is get it in the area, and Stevie Johnson will find a way to get it. I have, I have one more that you could put in there too. Okay, on the defense, Terrence McGee. Terrence McGee was such an underrated bill. Yeah, and he was so dangerous punt returning as well. You're remember that death CB2. row. Do you remember that death row of punt returners that the Bills had on the same team? It was him, Clements, him. Roscoe Parrish, Roscoe Parrish and yeah. uh, oh, there was someone else too. Wasn't it? Uh, I mean, C.J. Spiller did it for a while, a little bit too. Yeah, they they kind of like passed the torch throughout. Yeah, and but the main three on that were Parrish, Clements, McGee. and McGee, and you could put any one of them out there, and they can threaten to go house anytime. It was that. Yeah, it was that, and then that's your him and Trey White. My counter would be, instead of McGee, Hmm. this is a Sean McDermott pick right here. Okay. You ready for the Sean McDermott cornerback? Antoine Winfield. (laughs) Antoine Winfield was one of the better corners that the Bills have had. Paired with Nate Clements, dude would tackle anything. Yeah. All of 5'9", Winfield did not care. He would hit you, and he would wrap you up, and you were going to the ground. And that's exactly what Sean McDermott wants. Fundamental type cornerback like Antoine Winfield. Well, this was fun. That got that got intense. It got intense for one moment. Yeah. Because I was wondering what hallucinogens Frank uh, Frank Nicholas was on over there. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think though there's there's plenty of answers for that sort of thing and I like to try to be a little off the cuff on those sorts of things. Stevie Johnson, I think, was probably a more popular answer yesterday based on the team's needs. But I think it's a very underrated pick. You know who else would be a very good idea for this sort of thing? Jason Peters. Yeah. As as Eagles fan would know over oh, yeah. here, yeah. Jason Peters did not just suddenly get good in Philly. They brought in a very overweight tight end in training camp, undrafted, who then took snaps as a tackle and then started making Pro Bowls. You want to talk about solidifying a need, Jason Peters. Right there. Right there. And yeah, the end of his tenure as a Bill wasn't necessarily the prettiest, and that's probably why people tend to forget about him. He's still... He's still he's still one he's of the still best. good. Yeah, I would take right now Jason Peters on this offensive line. No offense, Dion, kick to the right side. Yeah, but Jason Peters even right now would be a fantastic gift for the Buffalo Bills. Let alone Jason Peters as the Buffalo Bill. Jason Peters also caught touchdowns in the end zone, red zone threat. So there's another one. Like, I know it's easy to come up with the easier answers because they are such slam dunks, like a Briere, like a Drury, like a Johnson or a Moulds. But it's fun to really dig in there and think, hey, maybe Frank can throw the name Carlton Bailey out there for some reason. Uh, but then that got me started on linebackers. Bill's linebackers throughout history, and it just of recent history even, and I'm just spinning tires here. 
older listeners would go ahead and just throw more at us for that. Yeah, we only really. What about OJ? I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) We only really went as far back as the 90s. The 90s teams, yes. But let's be real. I'm going to go ahead and admit it. I don't know anything about the older teams. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to. But it was a fun discussion nonetheless. Good work, Louie and or Kyle, for bringing it on to this show today. You're very welcome. And thank you to Lou. Thank you to Lou. Kyle, do you have a Bills pick or are you just going to? Marshawn Lynch. I'm for it. I'm for it, yeah. Because I'd be that guy to just ask him ridiculous questions that he'd want to answer. Absolutely. Marshawn Lynch or Takeo Spikes simply for the trap game. Okay. Thick. Thick traps. Oh, my God. Such a legendary neck. Wait for it. Dairy. Trap game. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard it called that. Trap game strong. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Trap game. (laughs) But, yes. (laughs) But Marshawn Lynch was an interesting one, like, as a bill. He started to struggle because he was, like, after his rookie season, he was so dynamic. But then he started looking for that home run ball all the time. And, well, push comes to shove. Then you get in the hit-and-run incident, and it's just, all right, fine, we're going to trade him on pennies on the dollar. Well, they could do that because they found an undrafted gem in Fred Jackson to provide running back depth. And then they decided, okay, well, here's our new guy, C.J. Spiller. And then they kind of didn't use him in the best ways possible. But it's an interesting one there, yeah. But Marshawn Lynch, I don't think, really became that persona, like that fun personality. Like, it didn't really come out in Buffalo. It didn't even come out in the first years in Seattle either. Exactly. And then he got comfortable, and then he was able to let loose. What was his first big bit? Would it have been the first Super Bowl where we really realized that he was? It was that run in the wild card game. Against the Saints, the Saints run? Yeah. No, I understand. Like The Beastquake? Yeah. The Beastquake, I understand Like the signature play. But I'm talking more of his run-ins with the media. Oh, I think there was one mm. before that, like before the Super Bowl. That Super Bowl, um, he just keeps saying, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Right. I'm thankful. <laughs> or, uh, or, the, or the yeah interview. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I won't get fined. No, no. That, no, there was one before right, that. It was, right. a, it was a game against the Cardinals. And everyone just, an, just asking him questions. He's come up with, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. What a gem, honestly. He did become a gem, and honestly, I, it, he, he it, it did probably require him to leave Buffalo in order to do that, because he was fun and dynamic at Cal too. Like he was, there's gifts of him driving the golf cart around, like taking the pom poms with the cheerleaders. So I guess so, but you know, I, I would I would not hate that pick. To bring to bring in a Marshawn Lynch, but yeah, it's it's fun to go ahead and talk about these things. I mean, the Sabers, it's a little, it's a little more curious, I'd say, and a little more focused on what they need. Like you need, like the Sabers have been so miserable at this point these days. Talking about the Sabers, that it's hard to have tr- fun it, making yeah, exactly. the pick. It's where it, you could have more fun with the Bills pick. Whereas I. I threw in a name that probably wasn't said that much on the discussion, and Alex Mogilny. 
one of the best Sabres that they've had. Yeah. One of the best goal-scoring seasons in NHL history. Well, here's a question for you. I'll pose this, branching off of that. Both of you have picked forwards because that is obviously a place of need right now. Are you asking me to make a non-forward pick? I am, and I I think I want to ask you both. It probably might be the same answer, but I'm wondering if there was a goalie you had to bring back that wasn't named Hoshik or Miller, is there a diamond in the rough that you would bring onto this team? Marty Baran. I thought one easy would say that. It's the easiest answer here because he was a very steady goaltender and some years spectacular on bad Sabres teams. I figured one easy would say that. Tom Barrasso. That rookie year was fantastic. Yeah. And he, would, and he would end up being a steady goaltender in the NHL and saw, a cup-winning goaltender in the NHL. I saw Two-time. a couple of guys in the comments too mentioning Grant Fuhr. Grant Fuhr, I mean, was I know he blossomed in Edmonton. Yeah, like off. when he got to Buffalo, he was, it was more of – He was a shell It himself. was a late career, yeah. Yeah. I, but he did obviously transition in, into the Hashik era. Yes. Yeah, no, I think Marty Braun's probably the easiest one to make the pick there because he was a steady player on some bad teams. And if you get a steady goaltender with this Sabres team, they're up the standings higher already. Um, okay, so you want to I can. If you want to have fun with defensemen. Phil Housley. No. <laughs> I only say but that just Phil Housley playing in this era. Yes. Would be Yes. But right now, too fresh, no. <laughs> you know what you can use in, in this That's D zone fun. with this decor? Steady. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Crapping your pants when he winds up for a slap shot. And I'm not just talking about the fans. Alexei Zhitnik. I knew he was going there. <laughs> also, fun name. Yeah. Zhitnik. Anytime Zitnik wound up for a slap shot, players were probably crapping their pants. The fans in the 200 level were somehow crapping their pants because the puck could there go there. There was one fan in the 300 level. The goalie level. is like, where's this puck going to go? I got to be ready for anything. Do not move. <laughs> Nobody move. <laughs> There's one fan in the 300 level crapping their pants. Because they might go there. Yeah. And everyone in the 100 level has suddenly backed off. I got a steady guy. But, okay, to, that was just to have some fun there. But that's a, that's a fun, was, that is a fun one, though. Alexei Zhitnik, though, was a fantastic defenseman and one of the staples for the 99 Cup run. Yeah. Granted, having Dominic Hasek behind you can allow you to get away with some things. Okay. But Zhitnik was a fantastic player there and led into a steady career for a guy like a Dimitri Kalinin. Or, yeah. And then Jay McKee. Jay McKee would be Jay a McKee fantastic would be a good one, too. Jay McKee would be – Andrew Peter says Jay McKee could still play this day. And if Jamie Key did not suffer that staff infection and couldn't play in Game 7 where he had to choose foot or playing hockey, great choice, by the way, on keeping the foot, the Sabres, if he doesn't suffer that staff infection, the Sabres are in the Stanley Cup Final, and I say that they beat Edmonton that year. I have a, I have a steady one, too. I think I know, but I'm going to let you say it. Tepo Newman. Nope. Oh, not Tepo. What did you think should, I was going to say? I thought you were going to go with Brian Campbell. I was going to say You know Brian what? That's Campbell. not bad, too. But Tepo really Newman, and even in the twilight of his career as a Sabre, was, was so, so really good. good. Yeah. He was so good. I have a guy who I'm surprised none of us has mentioned. You mentioned McGilney. Mm-hmm. We haven't mentioned Miro Shatan. 
we haven't mentioned Miro Shatan, and he should get a mention. Yeah. The guy was a can-do-everything player. Man, this this discussion really, really took off here today. <laughs> Louie with a gem, and he continues to have gems. So if you're on the late-night crowd, well, see what GR has got posted on the late night during the week because Louie has some, has some gems for you to discuss and throw your names out there on Twitter, your ideas. But yeah, no, I, I like Miro Shatan. Oh man, that was a that was a good one. Like the only other capable scoring threat on those teams when Shatan was there was Mike Pekka. Yeah, the captain crunch himself. Pekka would actually be a solid selection here too. You would a can do everything guy, defensively responsible, definitely Selk Trophy candidate every year. Mm hmm kind of player something you had that well you ended up trading so you could be salty about the ryan o'reilly trade and get his replacement in michael pekka take michael pekka everyone loves michael pekka but yeah no i i think that pekka would have been a fantastic addition i think shatan would be a great addition i'm just surprised mogilney's name probably didn't come up as as much as it should have because there's recency bias with Drury mm-hmm. and Briere particularly. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. also thinking about guys like Dave Anderchuk, Dale Howarchuk. Yeah, those guys no. were good, you know. The one year of Doug Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> Where he was miserable. Yeah. Jeff Sanderson. Yeah. Jeff Sanderson was was a thing that happened. Part of the Brian Holzinger. <laughs> Brian Holzinger. You want to go? You want to start going there? No. Vaklov, I'm not changing my number for even Dave Andrewchuk Verada. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've heard that story. Yes. That's right. He had to go to 52, right? Yes. Yeah, Andrewchuk when he came back. Andrewchuk was yeah. was offering monies to Vaklov Verada, and he's like, "Nah, I'm good." What do you mean you're good? <laughs> Such a ballsy move. It is. You just tell Sabres legend Dave Andershaw, kick rocks. <laughs> this is my number now. <laughs> but, yeah, there's there's fun names. Even Yarrow Spacek. Yarrow Spacek. Would be a good one. Yarrow Spacek brought about one of the greatest WGR songs of all time, <laughs> Spacho Man. <laughs> and I would sing that every day at the rink if Yarrow Spacek was a Saber currently. And even two that were underrated because nothing bad happened when they were on the ice. Tony Ludman and Henrik Talinder. Yeah. Nothing first, went first nothing, stint. First nothing, stint Talinder. Nothing went wrong with those two on the ice. You want to talk about steady pairings? Yeah. The puck was in their zone. They defended. The puck was out of their zone. Done. They wouldn't put up offensive numbers. But they made sure that the puck was back in that zone. Mm-hmm. I think you two have created an entirely new roster. We just made a whole new Sabres team. And I'm That's okay probably better than the one that actually is around. I mean, all we did was yeah, take we just named really good players that went to conference finals all the damn time. Yeah. So we just picked out the good teams. <laughs> what a shock. Yeah. Of course it's better than any roster that's currently going to be contributed. Yeah. 
Saber, I want to bring back Patrick Berglund. I'm kidding. <laughs> Luke Adam. Remember when that was the 1C of the future? Good times. I don't want to talk about when it. When he shined in Europe with Vanek and Pominville on the top line. Yeah. And then they all came back to America, and that just didn't happen. Corey Trop. <laughs> Paul Sahara. Oh, God. We're going into tank names now. Let's not. That's not even a tank name. Paul Sahara? Yeah. That's not a tank name? He was, uh, like, 2012. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let's stop before we get to tank names. Okay. Okay? And drought names of Bill's history. We should probably stop before this this goes off the rails. It left the station, but we it need It finally to... left the station. Oh, it left the now... station in a big way. Now we need to stop ago. it from going off the rails. Yeah. Here's something cool. Oh. I have been watching Phillies Dodgers on YouTube today. That's pretty cool. That's dedication. I did see that. I did see that. Oh, um, like they're broadcasting the game live on this YouTube. This game is actually happening right now on YouTube. Is it also being televised regularly? Nope, only on YouTube. That is going to piss off older people. It is, but the cool thing is I was watching MLB <laughs> Central before I came in today, and they had Scott Braun and Oral Hershiser today. They were two-thirds of the broadcasting crew, and they were talking about it. And I think the coolest thing about this is all you have to do, you don't even have to subscribe to MLB. You just have to find your way, stumble your way to YouTube and type in MLB in the search bar, and that'll be the first thing that shows up live. Dodgers at Phillies, 1235 first pitch. And the cool thing is no commercial breaks. <clears throat> hey, uh, NHL. The MLB is doing something better than you. You should do it. Yeah, they just got through the top of the first right now, and they have a timer, two-minute timer. And they're doing live interviews. They're having Clayton Kershaw on from the dugout. They have things planned for every minuting break. That's pretty cool. And you're never going to see any commercials. It's always going to be live content in between the gameplay. It's a lot of work for the announcers. Yeah, right. But that's still pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you have segments to really help fill those in There's definitely some pre-recorded stuff, absolutely. So you can yeah. have those slight breaks. Yeah. But, yeah, for the most part, there's guys they'll be talking to from the dugout. And there's plans, though. There's script, and there's mm-hmm. everything like that. It's not like they have to fill in what would, like, in case it's a blowout. Oh, yeah, yeah you like, always got to do that. Like, we're not going to get the Bob Costas vampire talk again. <laughs> true. Oh, yeah, no. It, that's true. I'm just saying, like, it's still extra work that the announcers are mm-hmm. doing. But they have that all. But if they have all that figured out, it's gonna go by like that. I'm, I'd imagine YouTube probably slipped them a couple extra bucks in order to put some more work in. Mm-hmm. Because that's yeah. a fantastic idea. Yeah, I think it's great. It's great. Absolutely. It's fantastic. I mean, other sports should do this. Other sports should do this. And other sports, every sport should realize that streaming is more and more common now, and they should be taking advantage of that. And actually, go. just. Put it on YouTube. The first commercial break, air quotes commercial break to center where you'd normally see commercials. They just did a two-minute bit of uh, a recap of, like, the All-Star break red carpet. And they were showing guys' interviews from there in case okay. you missed it from the All-Star game. And now they're going back, showing the Phillies lineup. They're going to go hit. There you cool. go. Look at that. Innovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Provided by Major League Baseball. Scott Kingery. Hey, at least someone double. is. At least someone's being innovative. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Other commissioners, let's go. NBA yeah, is I next. remember. NBA is going to do it next. I remember. NBA is going to do it next, and they're going to somehow do it better. 
Probably. I remember browsing on YouTube yesterday and I saw and I saw that. Just saw like premieres tomorrow, twelve thirty five. I'm like, they're broadcasting a game on that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm like, about time someone does that. Yeah, you figure they'll probably go with this if it if it ends up getting good reviews. There's a comment section and all that too. You can you can yeah. you can uh, interact with the broadcasters, much like a live Twitch stream or something like that, where you'd see where if you're following a gamer or something. Which like that. Twitch is another platform that should be taking advantage of things like this too. I agree. So yeah, I, you figure if this goes well, you may see a game a week on YouTube. That'd be fantastic. I That's think. That's good. All right, you put up a fun discussion. I'm putting up a discussion slash kind of question. Okay. Go on. Okay, so this is going to have nothing to do with sports now. That's fine. It's time to just I've, – I've just set some TNT. We're blowing this thing off the rails. <laughs> and I'm admitting it. I'm the saboteur here. So you know how with weddings and, like, there's the wedding party and they get introduced and, like, they come out in like some sort of silly way after they're introduced. Uh, yes, I do. What is the dumbest or coolest idea you'd ever have for that? Oh my goodness! Hey, he needs these. <laughs> he needs. I hey. don't need. I don't need them because last time I did it, the bridesmaid used her bouquet as a bat, and I slid into home plate. Home plate being the cake table. I almost took out the cake table. That's I don't good. need your that's, help. That's, that's good. Fantastic. I don't need your help. Well, that's a good question because I'm. Not exactly a wedding connoisseur. It's wedding season, so I felt like you Derek's know. Derek's also asking this because his brother's getting married. That's what I'm saying. He needs yes. some. He needs. I, I don't need anything. I just thought it'd be fun to discuss. I mean, I I've got dumb ideas all over the damn. Place. Also, you need these ideas too because you're getting married. That's right. Look at that. Your your bros are going to need this. Listen to this. Okay, here we go. We're going to help them out. Look at this. Props. I think using the bouquet. I think could be key sometimes. Possibly doing something like fishing, like just using the bouquet to fish, and then just like the dude just goes all out flop on the ground. <laughs> Let's go, son. I think I might have seen that. I've seen piggybacks <laughs> as well. I've seen people playing it cool, like coming out with shades. But I've only been to a few weddings. One of them, I was like eight. It was my it was my my aunt's. mom kept saying you should do like the Mission Impossible thing with guns. I'm like, no, that's cliche. Get out of here with that. Yeah, honestly though, I can count on one hand the amount of weddings I've been to. I can, too, and I can count on more than one hand dumb ideas I have for these sorts of things. Okay, well, then hit me with them. All right. Well, I mean, one thing you can do is, again, using the bouquet as a prop sort of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. next thing you know, dude picks something up, have a sword fight kind of thing. That'd be a dumb idea. Okay. okay. We could also like make that. it into a lightsaber thing. It exactly. doesn't have to be yeah. a sword. Works, so there's yeah. two oh, yeah, dumb yeah, ideas in one. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It's a twofer. And then a force choke at the end. Perfect. Ooh. Wow. Bam. This is kid-friendly. Dude, are you talking – come on. You're talking about the dude that oversellies. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of which. So – Speaking of which. Well, then why don't you – sellies. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just act like you're scoring a goal? Could do that. Well, actually come I'm not out say on it. roller skates – if you want me to go ahead and destroy my brother's wedding with a pair of roller skates, I absolutely Somebody will has to. <laughs> you would. <laughs> and you should. Bat. Oh, big bat. Bat. Big bat. Bat me. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> bat. Do it. But, yeah, I thought it would be a fun little tidbit there because, I mean, wedding season is here, full swing, everything like that. You get asked to go to weddings and it's just like, 
well, you get asked to be in a wedding. It's like, oh, shoot, what do I do here? And sometimes that's – you don't realize the amount of pressure you're going to ask your friends here to be in for that sort of thing. To be what? To be standing up in your wedding. The, the, well, they all seem to enjoy the idea so far. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I would hope. <laughs> Maybe that means you're marrying a decent person. Judge, by your judgment, I think you probably are. I Never appreciate matter. that. Oh, Oh, you just missed it. Bryce Harper got a hang change up. Just missed it, though. How about Bryce Harper? He's been kind of struggle city, huh? Uh, he's been catching a little bit more fire recently. It actually rings a little bit to what happened last year in Washington. He was actually worse. He, was, he came into the break in like 215. Ooh. Ended up hitting 300 the second half of the season after winning the Derby. And I was I saw his splits. It's comparable. He got into the break this year with Philadelphia around 250, hitting 300 since. The power's a little bit there. Uh, two homers in like 15 games. He's driving in runs. He had walk off. I saw that the other monster night. home run he hit the mm-hmm. other day. So he's kind of woken up a little bit. A little bit. Well, that's good. They only handed him a lot of money. Tons of money. Yeah. Changed his batting it. stance again for like the fourth time in his career. <laughs> hey, Probably if it ain't more it, than that. if it's not working, do something about that's right. it. That's right. So there you go. All right, guys. You know what it's time for. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It means it's time for the dummy of the week. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's not enough going on for me to really have a slam dunker here. Have you guys seen anything really stupid? Hmm. Truthfully, I haven't been on the look for it. Yeah. Normally that sort of thing just naturally comes about, though. You just browse through social media and then you see something. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is the bad part about the downtime of sports is that there's nothing really stupid going on here. I was hyping it up like there'd be something, but it turns out the dummy of the week this week is us. Is the bit. We've been got by our own bit. Does that mean it's time to retire it? Hell no. Training camp's a couple weeks away. We'll be back in action just like that. No problem. Dummy of the week. Might even get like a double once all the stupid training camp discussions happen on like ESPN and everything. Once the talking heads get started about, oh, hey, the Jets are going to go 10-6 and six or 11-5 and five and I get to laugh my ass off. <laughs> so trust me. Oh, it, it'll be back. And it'll be back in full force. But our bits this week... The three up, three down, and the dummy of the week? Well, it came up a little empty this time. It was rough goings. It was definitely some rough goings. I do want to try to work in maybe next week for our listeners. If you want to come back, I think, Frank, you and I can tackle a little bit of the MLB trade deadline coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. I want to come up with some ideas. I was flirting with it this week, but we had Brian on. I didn't want to take up too much time talking about faux pas deals that may happen. But, um, First off, I don't mind faux pas deals on this show. I understand okay. that, but next week is probably the closest we can get before deals actually go down because without the because without the waiver trade deadline in August this year, there's going to be a lot more action than there normally is before July 31st. So I think we need to get to that sooner rather than later. I think next Monday the 31st is, probably is kind, of, kind of closing in. Yeah, two weeks. Yep. So maybe we should actually get to talking about it. So that's an idea for people who come back next week. Well, I think we'll definitely have to get some good content there. Hashtag um, content. Monday at the earliest before things happen. And I we be able will to try also spend the other half of that show probably on Monday 
It's time to go full tilt, boys. Training camp begins next week. The oh, Bills man. report in seven days. That's right. We're here. We've done it. Because in seven days, this podcast today, while a good discussion, we won't need that anymore. We'll be able to just dive right into it. We'll see if we can get some friends of the pod to talk some training camp as well with us this week. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Otherwise, thank you for listening. This has been the Leftovers Podcast on WGR550.com and on the Radio.com app. I'm Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And Kyle Powell, who's and pretty pleasantly surprised we got this deep into the discussion. I we mean, were throwing our ideas around before we recorded and didn't think we'd get this far. No, we didn't. Kind of like Plankton. I don't know. I never thought I'd get this far. <laughs> I didn't think that far ahead yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. No, it's exactly. And sometimes sometimes these are the ones that are the gems. And we didn't even get to famous birthdays. That's what I thought we need to be dragging out today. So that's good. I mean, this podcast is only at 48 minutes right now. You would have heard Jim Bob Duggar on this podca- I'm sorry. podcast. Okay. We're not done here. Because whatever the hell Jim Bob Duggar is. Oh, man. Do you know who Jim Bob Duggar is, Frank? Never heard of him. Really? We are back on. We took off from the station we were supposed to arrive at. We're going. Yeah. (laughs) Who the hell is Jim Bob Duggar other than a member of the all-name team? He is a a man who happens to share a birthday. Oh, really? He's a man. (laughs) Jim Bob Duggar was a man. (laughs) If you couldn't tell, a man, by the man, two with very the man, names. man. He shares a birthday <laughs> with Victor Olofsson and Casey Nelson. I saw on Twitter that it was a couple of Sabres hockey players' I you said birthdays. It was Casey Middlestat. No, it's Casey Nelson. Oh, okay. So then you said something wrong off the air, at least. Well, thank God it was off the air. Oh, but then I corrected it and thought I heard wrong. Totally kidding. So, yeah, I was like, well, we're going to be starving for content today. Let me look up some famous celebrity birthdays. To and Jim Bob and Duggar. Who the hell is Jim Bob Duggar? Other that, than the fact that he's a man. All right, he's fine. a politician. Let, let me show you. Let, no, he's not a politician. There was three other names that I know you'll know, but then I'll get to Jim Bob Duggar. I'll save him for later. No, let's start there. I'm not going to stop. Happy birthday to Vin Diesel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, happy birthday. Okay. 52 today. Groot. Nelson Mandela. Okay. Okay. Yeah. John Glenn. Do you know who John Glenn is? I hope you know who John Glenn is. Oh, boy. Mm. I think this is it. Father of Terry Glenn? Debatably worse (laughs) that you don't know John Glenn more than you don't know Jim Bob Duggar. First off, that's a much more forgettable name than Jim Bob Duggar. Yeah. He's a pretty famous (laughs) astronaut. Okay. Okay. You're not an astronaut. Maybe, maybe my friend space. Sam, you might know something about an astronaut or two, but I ain't knowing about that. All right, that. Okay, fine, fine. Here you I'm go. I'm not sending When you think space. of astronauts, you think of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. That's it. 
Marvin the Martian. Okay. Jim? He's not an astronaut. He's a Martian. Yeah, he's a Martian. Hello, train. Off rails. <laughs> All right. Here's the moment you, you, you guys have been waiting for. Yes. Jim Bob Duggar. Was so, a man. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a famous TV father. Reality show from TLC. Famous in the early 2010s, I believe. It was a show called, originally called, I believe, 16 or 17 Kids and Counting. Oh, oh my God. That guy. It's up to 19. What? <laughs> it's up? Yeah. So, okay, at least you have an idea. He, he is the father of the 19 kids that all start with the letter J. Jedediah, Josiah, like James. Like, they're deep in the J names. Every kid, male or female, boy or girl, had a J name, at least up until 18, from what I can remember. I don't know what they did with the 19. Please tell me 19's Jaquiz. <laughs> Just because Jaquiz Rogers is an all-name team uh, member. Uh, Jaquiz Duggan. There you go. You, sure. J- Duggar. Duggar. Put Duggar, some respect Duggan. on the man's name. I'm not going to put respect on the man's name. Respect. He could field two two teams and play a baseball game right now. Good for him. With an umpiring crew. And his magical... <laughs> What's your middle name? <laughs> <laughs> We're not completing that sentence. <laughs> I'm not gonna put respect on a name that I didn't remember until you gave. Then you brought it up to me here. So <laughs> he making can, Philip Rivers jealous. Can, very. <laughs> jealous. I was just about to say. <laughs> can I get a snip? Snip. See, <laughs> so yeah, happy birthday, Dougs. <laughs> so does friends call him Dougs? They might. Well, guess what? I, I guess I was right about Jim Bob Duggar was a man. He did manly things. Like half kids. Sowed his seed very deep. What are we at now? Can we stop? No, what what are we at now? I'm about to leave. Frank's gonna leave. I'm about to walk out. Oh, well, fine. I mean, we're probably done now. I mean, we're up to like 53, 54, so that's fine. <laughs> all right, so know this day in sports history? It's all baseball. There's no other sports on July 18th. Shocker. No, there's not. Shocker. Wow, Frank. A little apprehensive there? Sorry, that that last discussion kind of uh, – He was a man. <laughs> I got tossed around a little – a little bit. You're welcome. <laughs> not gonna say it. Not because gonna we're say going. It. Because we went really off the rails. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This is a good place to end. We'll we'll cut it here for our <laughs> listeners. Next week, MLB trade deadline predictions and Bills training camp Thursday. Yes, you damn right. You damn right. So thank you for listening to the Leftovers podcast. I am Derek Dick Kramer. You <laughs> Frank R. Curry. And Kyle Andrew Powell. Nice job there, Frank Nick. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.